Welcome to the STR Data Lab. All righty, we are live and direct together in person. <laughs> again. Again, finally, together at last, as I like to say. Hello, hello. It is the STR Data Lab brought to you by AirDNA. I am Mariah Kamei, VP of Marketing. And of course, I am just here to play sidekick to the maestro, VP of Research, Jamie Lane. Uh, Jamie. Hi, it's Hi. the holidays are upon us. Yeah. And I think you, you brought me a gift today. You, and I think you also brought our listeners and viewers a gift, gift as well. And that is our highly anticipated end of the year outlook report for 2023, folks. Today, we are going to talk about what we are predicting, some predictions, forecasts, and expectations for the coming year in our industry. And that said, the, the Outlook Report, of course, is a gift to all of us. However, we're not going to sugarcoat it. There's a lot of, um, you know, I'll say trepidation around what is going to happen next year in the economy in lots of different areas, in particular in our little neck of the woods, short-term rentals. So, Jamie, let's, let's just dig into it. Let's get into the details here, my friend. Of course, I'm sure a lot of folks are wondering what that means for things like their revenue and livelihood. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so I'm, we put out this regular outlook report where we actually I'm try to put out a uh, industry forecast. And there's really no getting around that the forecast for next year is, is negative. We've had a few years, what, three years now of positive results, um, really record years for the short-term rental industry. Uh, and at least on a revenue per available listing, we have revenue going down next year. So uh, that is a bit concerning, yeah. though. And if you look at it relative to where we were at in 2019, where we were at prior years, and this is still, I'm, I, would, I like to call it persistent, persistence at the peak. Okay. So we're at the top. Uh, we're maintaining really high levels of revenues. And yes, we do have occupancies declining. We had it this year. We expect it to further decline uh, next year. Uh, ADRs are not going to uh, sort of outpace the decline in occupancy like we saw in 2022. And a part of that is math. We've had really high... My favorite, math. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had really high inflation this year. Right. which nominally means that rate growth has been really high. Though, if you sort of control for how uh, high inflation's been, costs going up, yep. and we have had a real decline in rates this year, we expect similar levels next year, though we don't expect inflation to be as high. Uh, so that means sort of lower uh, nominal rates. So we're expecting about 1.5% uh, rate growth uh, next year. Gotcha, gotcha. So not quite that crazy rocket ship that everyone was on from 2020 to 2021, 22. Still, I love this. Um, and uh, am I going to say it right? The peak persistence. Persistence at the peak. At the peak. One, it's an alliteration which I love, yeah. <laughs> and two, it just yeah, it sounds good. Um, and ADR for everyone, and just in case you're wondering, is average daily rate. Okay, so that sort of is you know not. Completely. I mean, we're not going necessarily into negative. We're just seeing the growth slow. 
Revenue is going negative. Revenue is going negative. Okay. Yeah, but demand is still going to be positive. So we okay. expect another record year for people staying in short-term rentals uh, next year. The growth of demand uh, is not going to be as strong. Uh, so in 2022, we saw about 20% demand growth. Next year, we're expecting about 6%. Uh, so that is a, a significant slowing. Yeah. And I think many people out there are expecting a recession uh, and broadly, and there is a very high likelihood of a recession next year. We uh, subscribe to Oxford Economics. We get their forecasts. Uh, that's the economic scenarios that sort of go into our thinking. And in Oxford's baseline scenario, they are anticipating a mild recession uh, about in the mid part of 2023. Uh, so that is playing into the figures and is a lot of the reason why demand growth is so weak. So why isn't going negative? Uh, that's yeah. a question yeah. I get uh, yeah. pretty often. Right. Uh, right. We all we all have different. Like some of you are probably worst case people. Some of you are best case. And then yeah. there's the people in the middle. And I love that it's kind of we're able to sort of look at it in those three different lenses. Yeah, and what Mariah was talking about and you'll see in the Outlook report is we do have a variety of scenarios. Yes. So we've got an upside scenario. It's like game theory. Yeah. We're, we're playing the, we're, what, what could happen? I, yeah, I like to you know, choose your own adventure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if, if you <laughs> sort of don't buy into or going into a recession next year, you're like, right. I'm, we're going to have a soft landing. The Fed's going to masterfully control the economy and not push us into recession. Yeah, that's what we've, got, we've got a scenario for you. Uh, yes, and, yes, exactly. And if you think that, Fed's going to severely over tighten, uh, push the economy into a deeper recession uh, where we're going to see significant job loss, unemployment grow up. But so we'll focus on our baseline scenario. I like a baseline. And then yeah. that's the middle one. That's yeah. the one that's sort of evening those two out. Yeah. So uh, we do have a recession, uh, but we do expect the sort of tailwinds uh, for the travel and hospitality sector to outweigh any headwinds, albeit mild headwinds in the overall economy. This could be one of the first recessions, at least in near-term memory, where we don't see significant job loss associated with that recession. And I think most importantly, we don't see any factors outwardly impacting travel, where I think it was in our, our first podcast, we sort of talked through like the great financial crisis, 9-11, COVID, all uh, impacted the travel and tourism industry way more than the broader economy. This one, we actually expect the broader economy to be hurt more than the travel uh, sector, broadly the service sector. Uh, and many economists are, are saying that this could be called a goods recession. So yeah, we're sort of pulling back on spending on things, uh, spending more on travel, uh, there's been so much pent-up demand. There's maybe fewer Amazon boxes showing up at our, our doorstep. Right. I did not now during the holidays. I feel like right now is not the time to think about those Amazon boxes. Uh, I'm broadly people have been pulling back on on spending on goods, and that's showing up. We're right. seeing real weakness in that part of the economy. But when you look at the service sector and specifically in all aspects of travel and tourism, hotel demand airline demand, restaurant demand, all that is very uh, strong. And we we expect it, Oxford expects that to, to continue uh, into 2023. 
I think some of that has to do, I know I talked about this, I've talked about this before, but I think we have a experiential culture, right? Like if you think about the folks with the buying power, millennials, elder millennials, right? We value those experiences a little bit more than the Amazon boxes. Yeah, and it, it's actually a trend that's played out over the past two decades as the sort of millennials right. have aged. Yes, uh, and gained we, a little bit more yeah. buying power in the process. We also see that with Gen X and even with Gen Z now just beginning to uh, flex the their <laughs> their spending power. Uh, <laughs> and we obviously, obviously saw a reversion that during COVID, uh, but now it's sort of pushing back. And I expect that we're, uh, could even accelerate that trend uh, over the next few years. And that's I'm really, I'm one of the ways where I'm, I'm long-term very bullish on uh, travel, right. uh, on lodging and specifically short-term rentals. Cause I think it's really the fastest growing aspect of all the, of our sector. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good point. So that talks a lot about demand, which is sort of where we're getting the nice tailwind to combat the headwinds yeah. we're getting from a couple of other places. Uh, you know, I think the housing, housing, of course, is always a key pinnacle component of a recession, right? Usually a leading indicator and also very big for supply. So let's talk a little bit about how supply might marry match demand, if there's any sort of bright spots there for folks or, or, or just things they should know about. Yeah, I think... <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Good things, good thing for operators, maybe not so good for investors. Yeah. Uh, we do expect supply growth to slow. So if we didn't see all the weakness in the housing market, rising interest rates, and our supply forecast would be significantly higher. Uh, and that would more than likely mean even stronger or weaker occupancy right. going forward and bigger yeah. declines in occupancy. With rising interest rates, that has made investments in the short-term rental sector and more expensive, the monthly premium that you pay yeah, is much higher. And we've got a chart in the report where it looks at the average uh, monthly revenues that and at just a typical short-term rental uh, is earning. And then comparing that to what would be the monthly mortgage cost for a new investment in that month. Got it. Okay. And then where we compare right. essentially what the premium is that you could get in investing in a short-term rental in that period. Chart. <laughs> period. We'll put it up on the screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> but what you've seen is you go from premiums of about 80%, i.e. the revenue that you'd earn wow. is yeah. almost double what the cost of that revenue is. Uh, and that's gone down to about 10%. That indicates to me that new investment in the short-term rental industry should slow. Yeah. Anecdotally, I'm hearing a lot about that. Yeah, we are seeing new listing growth, at least in the U.S., slow pretty substantially. And we expect that to continue uh, into 2023. Uh, we don't expect the Fed to continue to raise interest rates at the rates they were, at the increases they were doing in 2022. We do expect that to uh, slow down, but uh, we don't expect them to start pulling back on interest rates in 2023, we essentially right. expect them to uh, pause them. Hopefully. And that means that 30-year uh, mortgage rates, though, are still going to be around 5-6% uh, right. uh, throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to make I'm, the interest costs associated with, with buying a new home and double what it was, yeah, yeah. what it was in uh, 2021. There is the other part of the equation, though, of 
sort of existing second homeowners. That's what I was just going to ask about. I was yeah. like, let's talk about the operators <laughs> or potential operators that are maybe sitting on an investment that actually could still have a high premium. Yeah, and, and with some weakness in the economy, with the revenue opportunity still very high for short-term rental operators, uh, many markets are still recovering, especially uh, in large city, mid-sized city areas that maybe haven't seen the supply growth uh, that some of our destination and rural areas right. uh, have. Uh, we're not yet seeing a decline in revenues, maybe won't even see a yeah. decline in revenues for those uh, loca location types. And that's where maybe we could see people pulling existing inventory uh, into the short-term rental sector. We yeah. could see maybe homeowners that were think were are moving. Uh, they don't necessarily want to give up uh, their home with that low 3% mortgage. Yeah, uh, so they'll look, <laughs> they'll, look, <laughs> yeah, they'll look to rent it out either on a long-term lease or, or sure. as a short-term rental. Yeah, they're looking at their market and you know digging into things in MarketMinder and they're saying, wow, actually demand's really high. I think I could still get a decent return on short-term rental for sure. Yep. I love that. Okay, loaded question for you because I, I think, yeah, I think there's lots of opportunity for folks to still enter the market based on you know, the assets they already have. Okay, if I'm Jamie Glenn and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, should I put some money in the stock market or should I maybe take some money invested into real estate? I'm, I'm sure there's no easy answer. I'm just personally asking, guys. I'm yeah. Personally asking. Uh, no easy answer. Uh, I'm um, not a, a financial planner. Not, I, I, not, I do not give not financial, financial advice. advice. Yeah. yeah, but I do think there's going to be pockets of investment in the short-term rental sector, especially in areas that are seeing uh, falling home values. Uh, so, nice. in many areas throughout the country, the housing market is definitely. I got a bit overheated. Yeah. Uh, we saw values increase substantially, bidding wars, 20, 30, 40 bids for a single home. Yeah. Cash uh, offers, wave the inspection, the whole nine. Right. Yeah. And now that's and totally flipped on its head. We have homes going to market that uh, are getting one or two offers yep. uh, where you can get and potentially get seller financing, yeah. uh, get seller to pay the closing costs. Uh, but because of that, sort of weaker housing market. We are seeing fewer homes come to market and substantially fewer homes actually trading. Uh, and yeah. that sort of plays into the fact that sellers still have really high expectations for home values. Ah. Buyers have uh, maybe a bit lower expectations <laughs> of what they should be paying. Uh, and yeah, there's a bit uh, disconnect uh, between that. And that's probably gonna persist for a bit. It's gonna take uh, a while for people to come to terms with the reality of the new situation, maybe. Yeah, and then once once maybe sellers and, and realize that and if we are in a recession, if they're maybe forced to uh, yeah. sell, uh, that we could see uh, more price discovery, uh, more transactions start to happening. And at that price discovery phase, that's when we start to find the deals. That's when and we start saying, okay, prices are maybe 10, 20, uh, maybe in some markets, 30% uh, below wow. sort of what they peaked out at. And then you can use uh, Rentalizer, use MarketMinder, understand the revenue potential for those properties and then begin to find, find deals. So I think I'm a buyer uh, in 2023, maybe not today, uh, but starting to look for those yeah. deals yeah, and uh, finding it out, uh, stock market, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. We won't comment on the stock market, but you know, it's a good, you know, you gotta yeah. kind of balance these things out. It's good. Diversity is the best I hear. Yeah. Right? Like a little bit in the stock, maybe a little bit in real estate. Yeah. Diversify your assets. I love this. Well, I think that's a really interesting perspective on housing. We covered supply pretty well. What else should folks be sort of aware of going into 2023? I guess like, where are you on the Oxford? Are you, uh, are you taking the baseline? Are you taking the middle road? I mean, I'm not as pessimistic. I'm Oxford. And that's your personality. Personality. Yeah. I'm probably just over 50% chance of recession next year. Okay. Uh, so tipping the scale a little bit tip, more towards it. Tipping the scale, but maybe wouldn't have a recession in my baseline scenario. I think the, the path to a soft landing or, uh, is high. Uh, we've seen continued strength in the labor market. I think broadly over the past year, employers have had a hard time hiring. Uh, they were sort of ramping up hiring at the beginning of 2022, had really hard time finding people. And now that they found those people, they're going to be really reluctant to get rid of them uh, unless there's really a deep recession and they see their revenues, their profitability uh, really pull back. Uh, so that's where I don't expect the unemployment rate to tick up substantially, uh, that employers look to hold on. And broadly, uh, employment and employment growth is one of the best indicators of future lodging demand. So if you have your job, more than likely you're going to be traveling. If well, you lose the job, that's when you start to come you're back. You're just fantasizing about your vacation the whole time. So yes, yeah. agreed, agreed. I love that. So for so for investors, I think we've got some you know decent solid takeaways, right? Which is you know like just keep watching, see where there may be opportunities in specific markets where we start to see those housing prices go down. Everyone kind of comes back down to ground mm -hmm. from the absolutely crazy year that 2022 was. I know we've talked before about how I bought in 2022 for better or for worse, but again, it was high, but the interest rate was low, and you know, there's still places where. Uh, there's pockets of opportunity probably based on just like, you know, interest in traveling and, and supply and demand. For our host friends, yep. how should they be thinking about optimizing their ADR? What should they be doing thinking, okay, maybe I'm not going to, you know, maybe I'm going to be a little bit more realistic mm -hmm. um, about how much revenue I'm going to make next year, but I still want to shore up as much as I can, shore up those investments, make sure they're still yielding the return. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, I'm... That gets into sort of revenue management uh, and, and big topic, big topic. <laughs> big topic. Uh, I'm, You're two minutes. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm broadly like you can't be resting on your laurels. You've got to be monitoring on a day to day basis. If sort of looking at your booking curve, looking at where what amount of bookings you were getting last year, maybe at the same time, okay. this year at the same time, if you're not getting the bookings you would expect or what you've seen in prior years. And it may be the time to start lowering prices, even I'm slowly, like $5 at a time, see what okay. that threshold might no, be. Just go 50% off all of a sudden. Yeah, to start getting bookings. I would really understand your seasonality. So if you're in a market like Denver in the winter yeah. I'm, uh, or a market like West Palm Beach in the winter, uh, you're going to see entirely different seasonality. So understanding that, okay, maybe 
mean, it's not my pricing. Uh, it's just that it's off season. And, and if I do want to get occupancy, I might have to and really discount versus what I was charging early in the summer. Uh, we do not suggest that people get a have a flat rate throughout the entire year. Yeah, you've got to adjust, yeah. uh, and yeah, you've got to. All right, you've got to adjust and throughout the year on a day to day basis as sort of uh, demand plays out. And we've got lots of tools to sort of help people monitor their market book activity, their concept act, concept activity. Uh, how that compares to what they're getting at their own property so that they can go in and, and really uh, manage rates effectively and make sure that they're getting their fair share of bookings that are happening in that market. I love that. I was just about to say, I think CompSet is such an underutilized tool that we have because like, yeah, I'm, I have a friend, she just decided to drop her price. Like she's like, I'm dropping the price. And I was like, but have you looked to see what is happening with other folks in your neighborhood? And then, yeah, that seasonality is so huge. And I think also just like not, you know, looking at your revenue management, maybe throughout the whole year, like taking a look at the next 12 months, where is seasonality, where do you expect to be? And then like, you know, obviously pulling levers more. Right. And that's what I'm, we're still seeing positive booking trends. So I'm looking at over the next three months, a demand's about 10% higher than it was during the same uh, three months in the prior year, though supplies up a bit more than that. Uh, So we are seeing uh, bookings uh, sort of per listing down about 6%. Uh, you look at some of the high markets, uh, high supply growth markets that may be down 10, 15%. So that's on average, and a typical host is seeing 10 or 15% fewer bookings than they were seeing in the prior year. So that yeah. and in some areas, some some markets is, is concerning. And when you're in that environment of higher competition, and that is when and prices usually start to, to soften a bit. All really good advice, Jamie Lane. I'm so excited for everyone to get an opportunity to read your full report. Lots of great data in there. And yeah, again, guys, get into MarketMinder, check out your comp set. Don't, you know, obviously be complacent at this time. Not a time to give up, not a time to be cautiously optimistic and also very realistic about what could happen. It's a great time to look at the data, to look at the numbers, to start to plan out your year in advance. Um, hopefully understanding a little bit more of what's happening on the macro level as well from Jamie's report. Awesome. Awesome. And, and if you have comments, uh, please share them. Yes, uh, we need feedback. We love it. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. Would love to sort of hear your and what's going on in your properties yes. and what is your forward bookings look like? Are you seeing significant weakness or not? And love to, to help everyone and better utilize MarketMinder for managing the rates and if you need help with that, we're here. We like to think of ourselves as sort of champions behind data yes. in the industry and helping and everyone out there better utilize the data that, that is out there to uh, better run their, their business uh, and make sure that they're maximizing the revenues and successful in the long term. Exactly. Yeah. We're all about making sure that everyone can be as successful as possible. Um, and enabled as possible through the data. And yeah, Jamie's, you're actually insanely easy to get a hold of, you know, so yeah. But but beyond Jamie, we also have our opportunity. <laughs> Happy to help. Um, so yes, we are just a tweet, a phone call, a ping away, um, a smoke signal, a carrier pigeon, all of those. We accept them all, you guys. Um, well, happy, happy holidays to everyone. And thank you so much for listening to the STR Data Lab. Thank Until you. next time. Happy holidays. Thank you.